The following is a production of the PTB Soccer Podcast Network, the Parking the Bus Soccer Podcast Network. The views expressed on the show are those of the host and solely of the host. For more information, follow the PTB Soccer Network on Instagram at PTB Soccer. That's on Instagram at PTB Soccer. Enjoy the show. TB Nation, it is Sunday night, and that only means one thing around here. It is time for the Park in the Bus Soccer Podcast here on the PTB Podcast Network, coming to you from Greater Boston to the entire world. Once again, it is your nonstop home for Sunday night football talk, where we go all around the world in about an hour or so, and we cover it all. All right. Tons going on in the football world this week, all right? Bear with me tonight because I am still recuperating, recovering, if you will. I am still getting my mojo back after yesterday's Portuguese Cup final. Absolute heartbreak from my side, okay? I was absolutely crushed. I spent yesterday commiserating. I was I was a, a mess. You... you you don't even want to know. You want to see how I was yesterday. Check out this week, this uh, latest episode of Mr. Benfica. That's episode 74. It's available over on the Mr. Benfica uh, channel. You know where to find it by now. If you're listening to this, you know where to find Mr. Benfica. All right. Mr. www.mrbenfica.com is the best place to find that episode. Go right there and you can find it there. All right. I also got a YouTube video there. Uh, I have that episode in a YouTube format. Okay. Um, so I'm doing my best here. I am, I am down. Okay. My squad was embarrassed. My squad, my squad was, was humiliated losing to a 10 man Porto who were better. No question. They were better. But like I said, you know, you, you, you face your rival in a cup final. And when you think your rival can't hurt you any more than they already have, you get a quick punch to the stomach and a knee to the groin hitting below the belt you're down you're out that's how I felt after that one we lost to a 10-man Porto who deserved every bit of that victory all right that's the last you're gonna hear about that from me um we got a lot of other stuff to cover okay that that that's not what this podcast is about so I am gonna move forward I said I had to move on with my life I said that on last night's podcast for Mr. Benfica I am moving on with my life all right, there's tons to talk about this week. We've got we've got the EFL promotion playoff final. It is set. We've got our two teams. We know who's going to be in it. We're going to talk about that in the next segment. When we go to the sports book and we talk to the expert himself, that's right, we're talking to Leo Kukakis of DGensUnited.com and the DGens United podcast. Okay, he's going to talk about some of the odds for the final. He's going to talk about his reaction to the semifinals. We're also going to touch on some futures for the Champions League, Europa League, things like that. We're going we're gonna to just sprinkle a little bit of Serie A in there for you. And, of course, MLS is back. is always one of his and mine's hot topics. We do talk about that quite a bit. All that in the first segment. Then later, we're going to talk about Juventus. We're going we're gonna to center in and we're going to key in on, on Il Campione. We are going to center in on the winners of the Scudetto for the ninth season running. La Vecchia Senora. That's right, Juventus. Juventus are champions. We're going to talk about that just a bit tonight. We got to pay homage to the champions. Okay, we and um, what a season. Let's just say um, they definitely, if, if I've ever seen a team completely shut it off 
once you clinch the title. Juventus is that this season. Uh, end up winning the title by a mere point after clinching with three matches to play or something like that. In addition to that, the bus is going to keep going around the world. We're going to Australia tonight, Mexico, and we are going to talk a little bit about TV ratings. That's where we're going to start off. All right, we're going to go to the TV ratings in the United States. This is U.S. soccer. Um, TV ratings for the week from July, or I should say the two weeks from July 14th to the 27th, 2020. So no surprise what's topping the charts in these ratings. It could only be Chivas, Club América, Copa por México, the two monstrous giants of Mexican football, the Clásico de México, Chivas and América. This was a semifinal in the Copa por México. This match was played on July the 16th, and it was on Univision, watched by 1.4 million viewers that is a massive number in the united states once again liga mx shows that they are the strongest television property in the in the game of football here in the united states and there is such a, an untapped market there in this country uh, there is still so much more that that can that can be produced from that market and the second most watched match, guess what? We're staying in Mexico. We're staying in Copa por Mexico. And as no matter how I feel about them, it's Chivas again. It's the final. It's Chivas Cruz Azul on July the 19th. I believe that, that was a Sunday night. And that was watched by 919,000 viewers on Unimas. So a lower distribution than Univision. However... Still a very, very good number. You're going to see a, a, a trend here when it comes to Mexican teams and television numbers. America, Chivas, Cruz Azul, Monterrey, uh, Tigres, and to a little bit lesser extent, Pumas. These are the teams that push the television numbers in the United States. These are the teams that are very well supported I fully believe Club America are the biggest club in the United States in terms of football. I think they have more fans in the United States, more true fans, and they draw more eyeballs to television week in, week out than does Real Madrid or Barcelona in this country. It is a fact. It is not an opinion. The third most watched game in that window was in the Premier League, and it was Leicester City, Manchester United, a battle for fourth or for third and fourth place, a battle for a spot in the Champions League. The match was played on July the 26th. It was on NBC and on Universo, and they combined for 812,000 view viewers, 750,000 of those viewers coming from NBC. Universo. Uh, contributes 62,000 to that number. Uh, so you see that the English-speaking, um, you see which league is dominated by Spanish-speaking Americans versus which leagues are dominated by English-speaking Americans because that is a pretty low number from Universo for a Manchester United match. However, Universo is not available in very many places, so that, that contributes to that number. The fourth most watched match is the 19th of July, and it's still in the Premier League. It is Spurs versus that very same Leicester City, another European match, uh, another battle for spots in Europe. That was on NBCSN and Telemundo, and the two uh, sister networks combined for a combined audience of 684,000 viewers 557,000 of those coming from NBCSN, a good number for NBCSN, while Telemundo with a not-too-shabby 127,000 uh, Spanish-language viewers for an English Premier League match. Good uh, good number there for for, uh, for those clubs. I think the, the, the EPL is going to be happy with these numbers. Fifth most watched. This was the match I was very... Cons I was very Interested in, and I was very, very curious about, and I talked about this. I covered this. I went over it last week. Um, it is the NWSL Challenge Cup final played on the 26th of July last Sunday. And it was Houston Dash and Chicago Red Stars on big CBS, okay, to a very, very respectable a number of 653,000 viewers. This has got to be the biggest audience to ever watch an NWSL match. 
CBS can do that. We're going to see what CBS can bring in the UEFA Champions League. However, it was announced this week, and the television. Uh, I will go over the television schedule next week in the next episode of Parking the Bus. I'll go over the UEFA Champions League and Europa League television and streaming schedule that CBS has released. Um, so we won't see the Champions League final, I don't believe, on CBS over the air this year. We will see it on CBS Sportsnet. So it will be interesting to see how that number fares against this NWSL number, which was on CBS over the air, terrestrial television. And applause goes out and a tip of the cap to the NWSL. Very good number for them. I, I have to imagine that they are ecstatic with that number. Six places once again in the Premier League. It is two Giants. It's Liverpool and Chelsea. It's a weeknight matchup uh, that you'll remember. Liverpool already champions. This was the night they lifted the trophy, of course. Perhaps it's got a, a little bit of a boost from that. But it was on NBCSN and on Universo. NBCSN uh, with 550,000 viewers. Universo with 59,000 combining for 609 thousand viewers on a weekday afternoon here in the United States on a work day for those of us who still work um, those who are furloughed and laid off and in our home obviously are going to boost those numbers as well um, for the seventh most watched match guess what we're back in Liga Emekis what have I said and guess who it is Chivas again Chivas and Leon this was on July the 25th this is already in the the Apertura season for Liga Emekis, and this is Chivas Leon. Like I said, Telemundo, Telemundo now the exclusive rights holder in the United States of Chivas home matches. So all Chivas home matches, those of you that are Chivas fans, you will catch their home matches on Telemundo going forward. And Telemundo debuts with a nice number of 586,000 viewers in the United States, eighth place. Is still in Liga Mekis. This time it's Univision coming in right behind them. And it's the, one of the other giants. It's Cruz Azul versus Santos Laguna. 584,000 viewers on Univision. We go back to the Premier League for number 9. It is Norwich versus Burnley from July the 18th. 580,000 viewers. Good number on ABC, NBC Excuse me, over the air. Uh, not two big names, not two clubs with large fan bases, but a solid number considering that. And it was uh, NBC did put it on the big network, and they got a decent number there. And the 10th most, of course, we're going once again to Mexico, and it's the other giant. It is Club America, Las Aguilas. Uh, it is their Liga MX debut match against Pachuca on Unimas. And it was 491,000 viewers. These ratings are courtesy of WorldSoccerTalk.com. Thank you to them always for providing television ratings every two weeks or so. All right. That's going to do it for this opening segment. Now, on the other side of this short little break, Leo Kukakis is going to join us. And we're going to talk sports betting. We're going to talk football betting specifically. We're going to talk about what we watched this week. And we're going to talk about what's coming up in the week to come. And where you might want to be putting your money in the next seven days or so. This is the Park in the Bus football podcast here on the PTB Podcast Network. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinio. And you can follow the PTB Network now on Twitter at Soccer. PTB. So it's on Twitter at Soccer PTB. We'll be right back with Leo and with the Sportsbook segment. Welcome back to the Park in the Bus podcast. And it is that time again. It's that time of week where we go to our friend at DGens United and the DGens United podcast. It is Leo Kukaki joining us. Leo, what's up, brother? What's up, Capitano? How are we feeling today, buddy? Uh, well, I've been better, brother. I've been better. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. You, you gave a real good preview on, on your show, on your podcast Saturday morning of the Portuguese Cup Final. You had me believing my team was going to win. I'm twice as crushed now. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That was, that was extremely difficult. You know, I can't lie. Um, you got to bet with your head, though, with your heart. But damn, that was a kick in the nuts today. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That, oh, 
it's bad enough to lose to them, all right? And I just I just recorded Mr. Benfica uh, before getting on the line here with you. And, uh, you know, it's bad enough losing to your biggest rival, okay? But it's like when, when they can't make it any worse, they're like, I know how we can we can hurt them even more. We'll go down to 10 guys half hour into the match and we'll still beat them. Dude, I was listening to Michael Bolton on the car on the way home from my parents' house. That's how sad I was. I had Michael oh. Bolton playing. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was one of those losses for me. I mean, I can't lie. I do preach uh, playing, you know, one unit, playing really disciplined. On occasion, I got away from that discipline. This was one of those occasions I got away from that discipline. I mean, I, I the money so- line looked good, didn't it? Man, the money line looked good. I had them to win the cup. The odds actually jumped right before the game, and like we were just talking before this, yeah, I had them plus half a goal. I got it at plus one thirty. I'm sorry, not plus one thirty, minus one thirty. I was feeling great after the game. I mean, I almost had to go take a shower, get all the bad juju off of me, and try to recover from the rest of the that, night. I totally relate. That's exactly. I drove around, like I said, listening to Michael Bolton trying to get over this one. It's going to take a while. Luckily, the season starts again like next week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hell of a time to be, be Jen. <laughs> True. All right. So we're going to start where we left off last week. Um, of course, you and I love this competition. It's the EFL Championship Promotion Playoff. We have a final now. It's going to be on Tuesday. What do you think about the two teams that are in the final? Yeah, it's definitely the two best teams in there. Uh, Brentford, I was really happy to see the way that oh, Brentford that was awesome. came back. You know what? It, it broke my heart to watch them choke in the last three games. Uh, by the way, just a quick little note that I didn't even realize until two days after the game, I actually called the first goal, first goal scorer there with Ollie Watkins. There you go. Yeah, you, you did. <laughs> and, you know, it's not the goodbye that they'd envisioned for Griffin Park, 116-year-old stadium with nobody in it, but at least they went out with a win and not with the loss to, uh, you know, that they had against Burnley, not or Barnsley, excuse me, not that long ago, a week ago. Yeah. I mean, and this is going to be a really interesting final between um, with Fulham here. Now Fulham actually didn't look very good in the second leg. Mm-hmm. The big question is where's Mitrovic? <laughs> I saw him in the top row. Where uh, that's not useful. <laughs> That is not good at all. I mean, he, no. you might need him on the field. You know, that he can't score player. from the top row. Yeah. Not, le- not yeah. legally, at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, interesting final. Here's the cool – I put a, a, a screenshot out on my Instagram this week on the PTV Soccer Instagram. It's, it's a map of London, a Google map, right? And it's mm-hmm. literally a 12-mile loop from, from Fulham – from Craven Cottage, stopping off at Griffin Park after about four miles, and then straight up to Wembley. This is literally a neighborhood affair for the last spot in the English Premiership for next season. Yeah, no pressure, guys. No pressure. No, it's a neighborhood rivalry. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) knows everybody. It's too bad that Wembley Stadium uh, won't be full. Yeah, I I was watching the FA Cup earlier, and it was kind of a cool vibe, but also something was just missing. The magic was kind of missing. For sure, for sure. And I watched yesterday, I don't know if you caught this, the Coupe de la Ligue final uh, with with PSG and Lyon. And you see they had 5,000 fans at that stadium. Yeah. How did you feel about it? It didn't, it didn't, it do didn't much add anything. Yeah. It didn't add anything from the for me from the empty stadium vibe. So it was nice to test out the, that theory that 5,000 people would make a difference. I don't think it does. But... um. Maybe the players felt that I don't know. Watching it on TV as a viewer, it didn't do anything for me. To be honest, it looked pretty weird. <laughs> yeah, because the stadium's still empty except in one section, which yeah, they're still all on looked... top of each other. And <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just totally bizarre to see. First of all, you know, like you're not used to seeing it anymore. You're like, hey, what are those things? Those are really live cutouts that they put out there. Yeah. And then you realize, like, oh no, that's people. And then you're like, oh, wait, they're all together. Oh man, so- social. Di- you're here's not even wearing a mask. Well, here's the thing. When when people are allowed again, are teams that can't sell, that have a hard time filling stadiums, going to fill them with these hologram people and we're not going to know the difference? <laughs> as good as I did as any, dude. That it's, it, we're going into the bizarro world. I mean, it has been bizarre since, since March, but wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. who do you like in this final? It's, 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 um, 
It's Brentford and it is Fulham, like you said. It's a West London derby. Who do you like to go so up? So Brentford currents currently sitting at minus one eighty five, too advanced to go through. Uh, they are a little bit bigger on the money line, but uh, I still kind of like Fulham. Fulham's been really solid defensively, something that they uh, don't have a reputation for being, but they've been really good defensively. The key to this game is, is Mitrovic going to play. If Mitrovic plays, give me Fulham. Give me the odds. I'm more than happy to take Fulham with Mitrovic on the field. No Mitrovic, I'm pulling for Brentford. I hear I Again, I'm my my money's staying in my wallet and not going on the match. So I'm going with Brentford because I'm going with my heart. But if I was going with my head, I you know what? Fulham's been there before. They've won these finals before. You know, they won it well two years ago. They were promoted through the promotion playoff. Um, and they came back down last year. So uh they've been there before. So you gotta think that that experience is gonna be very crucial in this final. It's a pressure packed match. Um but with my heart, I say Brentford because I'd love to yeah. see them debut their new stadium in the Premier League. I mean, not just that, but they're just so entertaining to watch. And yeah. uh, not to digress, but I started laughing when you said that you keep your your keep your money in your wallet because the one time that you did, we we should really dive into that story at some point. That was that was that was one hell of a story. Do we get into it now, or you want to save it for another episode? That, that I think that's better for your your podcast. <laughs> yeah, you know what? We're gonna bring you on as a guest one day. For yeah. everybody listening, be sure to tune into DJs United because we're gonna have Mister Benfica on. Yeah, we're gonna point. talk about the time we we collected money to put in a Jeez. when we tried to retire on one bet. Oh my God! Remember that? <laughs> and they lost fifty-two nothing. Well, the, they almost covered. <laughs> Jesus Christ, he was literally trying to retire. Uh, yeah, oh those God. were good times. Yeah, great uh, Leo, times. What are you seeing as far as futures on Europa League and Champions League right now? So, futures for Europa League. Manchester United currently sitting as the big favorite for mm. Europa. Uh, they're sitting at plus 200. They're followed by Inter Milan, Bayern, Leverkusen. Inter sitting at uh, plus 500. Leverkusen at plus 625. And then if we're looking at a uh, value here, I'm definitely looking at Wolves plus 75. I'm a huge, huge fan of that play. They already have the first leg pretty much done with Olympiacos. Now, I know how gonna... much you love Olympiacos. Oh, they're the worst. They're the worst. <laughs> they're your dude, Porto. Dude. That's it. <laughs> dude, it was so bad because, like, I was watching the game today. I'm thinking to myself, it's literally, literally Olympiacos. <laughs> I find myself screaming. And then on top of it, the one Greek Malaka on the field is the one that cost him the first goal, Malaka Vlachodimo. Yeah, you know, I, I felt bad for him because he's had such a good season and he's been the one to keep him in so many games when they played so poorly. But yeah, Vlako got beat badly there on that first goal. Jesus Christ. I, I mean, I was literally screaming at the TV. I threw a water bottle at one point. Then the second one went in and I just, <laughs> I threw my head into the bathroom. Yeah. It was a mess. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> yeah, so the Wolves, you mentioned Wolves, and today things got much more complicated for Wolves, of course, because this week's match of the week here on the Parking the Bus podcast was today's FA Cup final, which I will get to in a separate podcast. I've decided I'm going to cover it in its own podcast. But yeah, Arsenal winning the FA Cup puts them in the Europa League and knocks uh, Wolves out of next year's Europa League. Their only hope for Europe right now is to win this Europa League and actually go into the Champions League. It's like a it's an all or nothing uh, gamble right now for Wolves and the pressure is on for so, for you know Nuno Espirito so Santo's side. Like so sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but the reason no, why part. I like them is because they are plus six seventy five. That's huge odds. Now again, they already have that first like basically wrapped up against Olympiacos. Now they do have a tough matchup coming up in the uh, quarterfinals against either Roma or Sevilla. Yeah. Um, but it's one game. Then, yeah, it's one game That's at that point. That's the beauty and of then, it this year. And then their next one is going to be against probably either Manchester United and <laughs> probably Man U. I mean, that's going to be an awesome but game But, you know, and, and they've done fairly well against, against Man United historically, you know, in recent history under this group of players and this coaching mm-hmm. staff. And they know Man United better than any other team in the field knows them. So if somebody's going to knock out Man United right now, it's probably Wolves and, you know, we wouldn't even be talking about Man United if not for a certain transfer in January, don't you think? Yeah, Bruno Fernandes, what yeah. a signing. That dude has been huge. Uh, just back to Wolves real quick. The mm-hmm. other key factor is uh, 
Raul Jimenez apparently on his way to Juventus. Yeah, he's been in some rumors. United also, he's been rumored to be, to be um, linked with. So interesting to see. Um, as far as I know, he's playing in the Europa League though, right? Because some of these guys that are getting moves are sitting out of these European uh, tournaments, if you want to call them that. Yeah. So I mean, this is this the first time that it's really like overlapped. Oh yeah. Where it's, it, it, where it's gone into the following season. Yeah. This is it's usually done by the second week of May. Yeah, I was going to say, this is really interesting now because you kind of have the loyalty factor, but you also have the financial risk and the business aspect of these guys trying to protect themselves. Right. Now, I'll talk about it when we get to the Champions League, but Timo Werner is not playing for for Leipzig. He's already basically committed himself to Chelsea. So they're going into the quarterfinals without him. Yeah, that's a brutal miss for Leipzig. That pretty much kills him off, in my opinion. Oh, yeah, no doubt. All right, so let's go to the Champions League then. What do you see for futures on the Champions League? Champions League. Now, while I may be all about Panathinaiko, I am also a huge Manchester City fan. Mm, yes, you are. We are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There have Must been have killed games. you to, to talk about Man United there. Yeah, you know what? I It doesn't bother me because they've sucked. So, I mean, yeah, yeah okay, I know the dude. feeling because, you know, with Benfica, I could care less about sporting most of the time because they've just. They're the laughing stock. Like, we, we suck, but at least we beat them. Yeah, like, uh, <laughs> you know, they've gotten the better of us at times, but eh, good for you. Good for you guys. Win a game, we'll be busy winning the title, okay? Thumbs up. <laughs> so uh, what do you got on, on, Man, on Man City going in, into this Champions League? They got one leg Man to play City? still with, with Real Madrid. Yeah, so we're actually the favorites right now, plus 316. Mm-hmm. Now, all of our odds are courtesy of bookmaker.eu. Um so that's where I'm getting all these odds from right now. Now, the other really interesting team, though, is unfortunately the team that we're playing against, Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Um, those dudes were phenomenal in La Liga. They, I mean, they definitely have the talent to come back against us. Um, those of you that follow the Champions League regularly understand that Manchester City have a habit of choking in big games. Real Madrid currently sitting at plus uh, – 25-22, so $100 um, is going to result in $2,522 of profit if Real Madrid come back and they end up winning the league, which is not really out of the question. Who else do you like in the Champions League? Who's got a good draw? The team I'm really looking at is uh, Bayern Munich. I mean, they're well-rested. They yeah. have a really deep team. Uh, they basically already have everything wrapped up with uh, Chelsea. That's that's the team I'm looking at that could really be flying somewhat under the that radar. That gets them a warm-up game too, having to play that second leg with Chelsea in a five-goal lead. Yeah, and they just they're gonna have a ton of confidence after the way they finished up the um, yeah they finished up winning the Bundesliga and the Deutsche Pokal with an yeah, issue. They dominated ever since they came back from the COVID break. Uh, Bayern Munich was was dominant. Yeah, so I mean they're gonna be a really tough out. Um, let's see here. Sorry, my computer just froze up. I'm pulling up the last one. Uh, the other team I'm looking at could potentially make some noise is maybe Atalanta. That's out of the brackets. Nice. It's going to be a really interesting yeah. game because I'm looking at it where it's Atalanta against Paris. And now Paris probably going to be without Mbappe with the ankle injury. Yeah, he's they, done. It's been They've already ruled him out. They didn't look good against Lyon. They didn't look good against no. uh, San Etienne in a yeah. couple of games. Atalanta's been playing really well. Um, and then the winner of that plays probably either – it's either going to be Leipzig or Atletico. Probably going to be Atletico because no Timo Werner. I give right. Atalanta a shot in that. This tournament, I think, too, is, is really formulated for Atletico Madrid's style of play, to, to not give up goals and to win one nothing, or to take it to penalty kicks. Um, they're yeah. really suited well for a one-week single elimination tournament. Um, I think they can make some noise, Atletico Madrid, even though they did not have the best of seasons. They definitely love this style of play where they can just bunker in, frustrate their opponents, and, and look to, to get a goal on a counter or a set piece. Yeah, absolutely. And those guys are sitting at plus 866 right now. So, I mean, plenty of value on Atletico. Yeah. Uh, Atalanta sitting at plus uh, 1,100. That's another quality play. So from a gambling perspective, those two definitely offer the most value. And then you're looking at a potential hedge in the final uh, if you get there. So 
really interesting side of the bracket, like you said. Yeah, so we'll definitely talk about that when we get closer. We got a couple weeks. We do have the round of 16 playing this week. That's why I brought it up. Uh, The Europa League and the Champions League round of 16 is actually about – they'll be playing, I believe, next week and next Thursday, Friday, Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, is the the scheduled date for those those fixtures? Um, real quick, we're gonna stop in Italy for a moment. Juventus champions again, a ninth year in a row. Uh, however, Ciro Immobile did win the Golden Boot. He uh, finished with 35 goals. Ronaldo did not suit up for the final game. They're resting him for the Champions League's the second leg with Leon that's coming up in a week. Uh, but Juventus win again, nine in a row. What do you think the odds are Juventus make it ten straight? So I've been searching high and low for the odds. No official odds. However, um, the DJ's United official calculator is going to put right. uh, Juventus <laughs> around uh, minus 170 to open up. I think Inter Milan, are they have the talent to compete. They definitely have the depth to compete, but a little bit older. Um, the key is going to be Latoro Martinez. Is that yeah. dude going to be there? If he's there, they're going to have a chance. If they leave, if he leaves, I don't see a way for anybody to get near Juventus. It's going to be an interesting transfer window too, because we don't know what kind of budgets these teams are going to be working on in this off season. It's a short off season. Um, I, who knows who, who's going to be the big target this summer, you know, who knows? Mm-hmm. And like you said, Inter, Inter did finish it off, finish off in second today uh, as the Serie A closes and they did, you know, just jump past Atalanta for second place. And I think they're the best set up to make a run at the title. I think while Napoli and, and Atalanta can play some exciting uh, football at times, and, and Lazio as well, and they can make a run, I don't think they're suited for a 38-match haul the way Inter Milan is. So it's probably yeah. between those two rivals next year, you'd say. Yeah, I completely agree. I don't – like you said, they're really enjoyable to watch. They can beat anybody on a given day, but – yeah, the, that style of play just doesn't last for 38 games. You're not going to be able to compete with a team that's as consistent as Juventus. Uh, the only team, like I said, only really give a shot to is Inter Milan, and that's if Laturo stays. All right, I'll, I'm going to run down the Serie A standings right now with you since I have you here. Uh, so we have Juventus. They win the title by one point because they decided to call it a call it a season <laughs> once they clinched it. Basically, they finish. Juventus finishes with three losses in their last four. They lost seven matches this year. They won the league with seven losses. More than, many more than, than Inter. Inter only had four losses, but uh, they did have 76 goals, four, 43 against for a 33-goal difference. Inter's winning on basically every tiebreaker. If they had had one more point, Inter would have been the champion this year. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like we said, Inter gets second. Atalanta and Lazio grab the the Champions League spots, while Roma, Milan grab the the Europa League spots, and Napoli goes to the Europa League by way of the Coppa Italia. And yep. lastly, uh, relegated. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to chime in. Uh, good to see uh, AC Milan back in back in Europe. European, yeah. And hopefully they stay in Europe and don't get kicked out again for financial fair play or whatever it was two seasons ago that knocked them out of the Europa League. It's been a hard, hard decade for for AC Milan, one of the giants of of, of Italian football. Breaks my heart, dude. I, I grew up, I loved watching. So being Greek, obviously, I kind of favored that defensive style. Sure. I loved watching Gattuso. I love watching Pirlo. Um, just... I loved watching that old AC Milan team with Dida. And, um, yeah, they were just a lot of fun to watch, you know? Yeah, and I can go back even further. I'm a bit older than you, but I remember the early 90s Milan teams with, with Hulet and Van Basten and, and Donadoni and Costa Corta and, you know, Paolo Maldini. These were, these were super teams. So I think the Italian league can be really exciting if we can if those top teams can inch their way closer to – to Juventus, and we can have a real championship next season with two or three teams fighting for the title. Now, I'm going to switch gears. We're going to pull the bus up back to North America. It is MLS is back. This is what we're going to finish with this week. What are your thoughts so far on MLS is back? We're inching our way to the semifinals now. Three out of the four places have been confirmed. Orlando City, Philadelphia Union, and now, just as of recording, 
Minnesota United with a 4-1 thumping of the San Jose Earthquakes only left to play is New York City FC and Portland Timbers kicking off in about 10 minutes. What do you yeah, think? So I thought this has been thoroughly entertaining. Um, I, I think that we discussed it last week, how they should start considering substituting this kind of format for the U.S. Open Cup. Or you now, can have two tournaments. You can have a knockout U.S. Open Cup for the, because amateur teams live for that. And you can have – this is like the League Cup that's a, a knockout, like a group stage for the professional teams. You can have two tournaments. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely a good idea, but I think that everybody can agree that this, this tournament's actually been a big success. Uh, we're all kind of questionable of them. Uh, you know, the MLS doesn't have the best talent around, but everything's been on showcase. They kind of had the stage to themselves for, what, about a week or so before everything else kicked up? Yeah, but you wouldn't know that if you watch ESPN. <laughs> they completely ignored it on all their non-soccer programming. Yeah, and they... Um, but, yeah, the games have been really entertaining. And last night's game between Orlando and LA. Oh, that was fantastic. Jesus, what a sweat. And I was thinking during that match, Leo, right? And then I, after I'm watching the Orlando City player, they actually showed it on Fox. They showed Orlando celebrating in the locker room. I don't think there's ever been any matches in the you know in Major League Soccer in July and August that have ever mattered. Yeah. This is something we've never seen before. Now, what I'm worried about is if this – if this tournament comes back next summer within the, the league frame, I don't think it's nearly as important because they're going to p- treat it like they do the U S open cup. They're going to play their reserves and they're going to make a second team because they the MLS coaches just have this mindset that the league is what they play for unless there's nothing else. Like in this case. Yeah. It's kind of frustrating because I was thinking about it too. And you know, you're a hundred percent right. They almost need to build in like a, like a bigger break. Not necessarily how we have it now, but kind of, sort of, you know, have a month off and say this will be a three-week tournament. Or even a two-week break to do the group stage, and then you play the knockouts midweek during the season, you know, because it's only only a couple games once you get to the round of 16. Yeah. And you've only got 16 teams. I mean, after one round, you're down to just eight teams, which is less than a third of your league in Major League Soccer. Yeah, I'm sure that they're going to want to capitalize financially, too, if they do it. So that's going to raise the question as to how they're going to do it. Are they going to have it all in one spot again? Well, they probably um, wouldn't do that again. They would They would have – I think it would be – you know, you could have host cities for each group where every match is played in that host city. But, again, if, the, if it's a break from the league, fans, unfortunately, are going to take it as such. And they're going to take a break as well because MLS fans have – for as diehard as some of them are, they're not as conditioned for the comp, whether it's CONCACAF Champions League, whether it's League's Cup or it's U.S. Open Cup. They seem to tune out. The, the, the more casual fans tune out, and only the hardcores who already go to all the matches, who buy tickets, are the only ones that care, and they're not watching TV because they're at the match. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely it. It's a tough thing for them, and... I mean, I, I honestly don't expect them to bring it back, so I'm just kind of enjoying it right now. Well, Alexi Lala said so on the telecast last night that he hopes they never have to do this again, but they're making the most of a bad situation. They really did. They really, really did. Good job. I'm so used to bashing I think the they MLS. Did. But, yeah, me too, and I am critical when it needs to, but with this, I think they hit it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, every part of this, I, I didn't have a problem with it. It was really good. It was really fair. Um, you know, in more importantly, really good job that they built in something in case a team got COVID. Yeah. So for example, Nashville, where, you know, it sucks that they had to pull out, but then again, it doesn't really hurt them either. No, no, you're right. And Dallas didn't participate for the same reason. Yeah, Dallas too. But yeah, that's, that's definitely a huge plus. And it, the MLS really deserves a pat on the back for once. Good yeah, job. Not absolutely. And, and up, guys. Coming from me, especially at saying something and from yourself as well. Um, I do want to give you credit. You said that Philadelphia, you were big on Philadelphia Union. Philadelphia Union, get by the Revs. They get by Sporting Kansas City. They're going to play the winner of NYCFC and Portland Timbers. I like the idea. I like the way they're playing. I think Philadelphia Union may be on their way to the final. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of them still. I'm still riding them. Uh, we mentioned it last week. I, I liked whoever was going to come through the Revs Union matchup. Unfortunately, I did have a future tickets on the Revs, which broke yeah. my heart. But I did back it up with a Union ticket as well. 
So I'm sitting pretty on that right now. I feel pretty good going into – I kind of have a feeling Portland might get through tonight. But even if it's NYCFC, is that too many Cs? Uh, no, you had an NYCFC. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do that literally every time that I talk about it. Yeah. But, um, no, I definitely like Philadelphia's chances of getting through no matter who they play. And at that point, you get one game, one ticket, and it should be a fun final. So – that's good. They're going to have the semis this week, the fifth and the sixth. We'll get to talk about it next week, and we'll get to break down and preview the final of MLS is back. Yep. All right. That's it for this week, everybody. Uh, thank you to Leo for coming on here uh, late on a Saturday night so we could record this. And um, where can all my listeners find you, Leo? Now, all of the listeners can find us on Twitter at DGens underscore United. Love me, hate me, doesn't matter. Follow me, let me know, please. Uh, the important thing is, please follow me. I'm dedicated to making this thing the best gambling podcast around. All of our picks and analysis are always free. Uh, you can find the picks and analysis on our website, dgensunited.com. And again, just make sure that you follow us on Twitter. I do my best to post lineups, uh, some updates. For example, during the week with the Fulham and Mitrovic situation, I was mm-hmm. giving updates there. I do my best to post some live lines throughout the day. Uh, it's actually a pretty decent follow. So, again, DGENs underscore United. All right. Thanks, Leo. Have a great week. We'll talk again next week on this segment that I like calling the sports book. How do you like it? You like that name? <laughs> I, I dig it, man. Sportsbook. I dig it. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Leo. Talk to you next week, brother. Thanks, Capitano. Juve per sempre sarà, Juve per sempre sarà, Juve, Juve forever will be, Juve are the champions once again in Italy, that is their anthem, storia d'un grande amore, that is Juventus's club anthem and you can hear it there, that's obviously not Recorded anytime recently because stadiums have been completely empty. But Juve are the champions. Okay, like I said in the in a, earlier in the episode, they definitely turned the switch off as soon as the Scudetto was was clinched. They are looking forward to the Champions League. They got a tall order, having to make up a deficit on the road now. Or I, I'm sorry, no, they're coming home to make up a deficit on Leon in the second leg. They will play next weekend and. Um, we will certainly talk about that match next week here on the Park in the Bus podcast. We'll have a lot of talk about the Champions League round of 16 second legs as well as the Europa League round of 16 second legs. Welcome back to the Park in the Bus podcast here on the PTB podcast network. As you know, all episodes here on the PTB podcast network are ad-free for the first 30 days. So take advantage and check this episode out now on the PTB network. If you are listening now on the Mr. Benfica channel, I invite you to go ahead and switch over to the PTB network wherever you get your podcasts or at www.anchor.fm forward slash PTB soccer and check this episode out ad-free.
So we we look at this, and this was another season. And if they don't do, if they go out in the next round of the Champions League, in reality, it's another not great season for Juventus. Okay, as much as uh, they won the league again, that's a not where their objectives are right now. Maurizio Sarri is in the hot seat. Okay, I don't think too many supporters are are pleased with the way this team has performed under him. Um, you've got a a Cristiano Ronaldo in the you know in the twilight of his career right now, but still. Putting up amazing numbers. It's got right here. This year in all competitions, Cristiano Ronaldo, 45 appearances so far, 35 goals. All right, 31 of those, of course, coming in Serie A. Cristiano Ronaldo was was um, saved. He was rested this past weekend, so he did not play. And in not playing, he that obviously hands the golden boot over to Chero Immobile, but Immobile got a goal. He got up to 35, and that means he wins the European golden boot. That's right. Uh, Chero Immobile of Lazio has surpassed Robert Lewandowski of Bayern Munich, and Chero Immobile is the golden boot winner for 2019-2020. Congratulations to the Italian international. Um, the, someone else I wanted to to distinguish here, and as of late, especially since the COVID nineteen outbreak and the pause, it's been Paulo Dybala. He has he has really stepped his game up since since we've resumed play in Serie A, and he has come up with big goals and assists here down the stretch. And I think he's just finding his form at the right time as we head into the this very unique Elite Eight version of the UEFA Champions League that's coming up in the next two weeks. Juve, of course, do have to get by Leon first. They got a tall enough order there. But with Dybala in form, that's definitely an asset for them. That's definitely a tool that they're going to be looking to utilize in that series. Leon, of course, they're fresh off um, a disappointing defeat in penalties in the final of the, the Coupe de la Ligue earlier this weekend. Friday, they they dropped the decision after a nil-nil draw to Paris Saint-Germain. Uh, Léon were unable to win on penalties. Uh, Paris Saint-Germain scoring all six of their penalties, winning 6-5 on penalties, um, despite a stellar, stellar performance from Anthony Lopes. In goal, the Portugal international was unable to save any of PSG's penalty kicks, and thus the Parisian side wins the final edition of the Coupe de la Ligue as that that competition looks to be retired by the Federation and by the league uh, due to fixture congestion. But back to Juve here. Um, another thing we got to, to mention here is that there's only one player in this Juve side that has been there for all nine titles. That's right, Juve have now won nine Scudetti in a row. And the only member of, of all of those teams is Giorgio Chiellini. And let me tell you, if you have never seen this man play, not on television, but but in person, okay, the television does not do justice to how good of a positional defender and how good at reading the game this man is. This is why he is playing at an advanced stage. This is a guy athletically that has no business on a football pitch. Let's be honest. His body com- composition, his body... Posture is 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 atrocious. I mean, he he's gangly. He's he's got a very unathletic build. But you know what? He is maybe the most intelligent central defender in the world right now. And I had the pleasure back in 2018 of seeing him play up close and personal at Red Bull Arena when Juventus played against my Benfica in the ICC in the International Champions Cup. And I was blown away watching him play central defense uh, from the balcony. I was up in the balcony above one of the goals at uh, Red Bull Arena. Brilliant view, and he was playing right in front of me. I watched him for the first the, that whole forty-five minutes that he played in front of me, and it was just a tutorial on how to play central defense, how to be in the right space, how to use your vision and your intelligence to make up for lack of physical ability. Giorgio Chiellini is one of the greats in my book in that position, and congrats to him. He's he lifted the trophy again. He's the captain of the squad. And he deserves every bit of it nine times in a row. He's the Bill Russell of of Italian football. And while we are in Italy, let's go to the Serie B and see how that finished. They have now completed all 
38 rounds of Serie B. And here are the standings, or here is the table in Serie B. And let's see who's going to be joining the sides in Serie A next season. Of course, relegated from Serie A. We didn't get to this earlier, but I, I will get to that in, in just a moment. But let's start in Serie B. The champion by a landslide is Benevento. Second is Crotone. They're both automatically promoted now. The, the next from third to eighth are the teams that have qualified for the promotion playoff. Third is Spezia. Fourth, Pordenone. Fifth, Cittadella. Sixth is Chievo Verona. Impoli are seventh. And Frosinone are eighth. Pisa are ninth. And unfortunately, I really wanted to see this team get promoted because I wanted to see every English language broadcaster try to pronounce this. Tenth place was Sal Nerditana. And they finish two points out of the playoff race as they will be in Serie B again next season. Eleventh is Venezia. Cremonesi is twelfth. Virtus Intelia is 13th, Ascoli 14th, Cocenza 15th, and now in relegation playoffs section. So these teams will play a relegation playoff with the teams from Serie C, Perugia, and Pescara. Like I said, Pescara has a place in my heart as that is the closest professional team to uh, my wife's family's home city of or town, I should say, of Sulmona in Abruzzo. Pescara is their, their closest neighbor. And Pescara is going to be fighting for their life in Serie B. I remember them in Serie A not too long ago. But now they're in danger of going down to the third level and automatically relegated 18th, 19th, and 20th place. You have Trapani, Juve, Stabia, and Livorno. Next week, we'll have an update on the Serie B playoffs. All right, so we're going to take another quick break here, and we are going to leave Italy. And when we come back, we're going to stop off in Australia, Australia real quick before we park the bus in Mexico. And we wrap up with Liga MX here on Episode 6 of Parking the Bus. <laughs> And welcome back to the Park in the Bus football podcast. And we're going to make a quick stop in Australia right now. We're going down under where they are wrapping up their regular season there. And they're about to head into their playoffs that they call the Finals Series. So the way it works in Australia, and I believe there are three matches to play for most teams. Some teams have as few as one left. Um, The way it works in Australia... It is six teams advanced. The place three through six advanced to what they call the finals series. And those two teams play a playoff against each other to get in to the next round of the final series. And you have first and second uh, getting a bye. And then you have four teams left. And they have different names for it there. I will. They have the elimination finals is what they call the first round of their playoffs, okay? So you have two teams. You have two matches, excuse me, two, two ties where they will play a... They'll play one... It looks like a one-off playoff. Yes, in Australia, they will play a one-off playoff in the elimination finals. The two winners will enter the semifinals, okay? And what will happen is after that, uh, you will have the lowest-ranked elimination uh, final winner. So the lowest-ranked team left, essentially, will play the first-place team, and the other um, the other elimination winner will play the second-place team. And then you have a you have what they call the grand final. They have a little bit different of a of a name for it and a little bit different of a a setup, something that's more common in, I believe, in cricket or in rugby than it is in our our version of football. But anyway, here are here is the table in Australia right now. Sydney FC are top of the table. They have clinched. Okay, they are already guaranteed a first place and a spot in the semifinals. Sydney FC have 51 points from 23 matches. Melbourne City are second on 43 points. And then you have in the in the final series places, 
the elimination series, if you will, the elimination finals, I should say. Wellington Phoenix is third with 40 points. Brisbane Roar are fourth on 38 points. Perth Glory are fifth with 34, as is Adelaide United on 34. They're in sixth, three ahead of the chasing Newcastle Jets. Western United is eighth on 30. West Sydney Wanderers are right there with them, also on 30 in ninth. And then in the basement, it is Melbourne Victory with a mere 20 points. And Central Coast Mariners have 15 points. Of course, no relegation in Australia. Very much like Major League Soccer in that respect. And first and second place teams gain automatic qualification to the 2021 AFC Champions League group stage. That's the Asian Champions League. That goes based on the regular season. All right. Now. Picking up from Australia, we move across the world and we finally touch down in Mexico. It is round two of Liga MX. And let's take a look at some results this weekend starting on Friday, July the 31st. We had Puebla drawing 1-1 at home to Cruz Azul. FC Juarez wins 1-0 at home to Necaxa. Saturday, August the 1st, we had Tigres drawing one all with Pachuca. And late last night, the Titans, the Giants, Club America, big-time winners, 4-0 at home to Cholos Tijuana. Earlier today, we had Toluca winning 3-2 over Atletico San Luis. And... Not yet completed at the time of recording. Playing right now as I as I speak is Ketaro and Mazatan. Uh, Mazatan FC. They're playing as I speak right now. And later tonight, Santos Laguna takes on Chivas Guadalajara. The round closes out tomorrow with two matches. Atlas against Pumas and Leon versus Monterrey. Let's take a look at the table in Liga Emekis after two rounds. Well, for most teams, the two rounds are complete. And it is Club America at the top with six points right now. The only team on six points. Puebla, Tigres, Cruz Azul, Juarez, all with four points. While Monterrey and Pumas have three, but they both still have to play this round. They could, with victories, join America at the top of the table. Toluca. And Tijuana have three apiece. Chivas, Leon, and Atlet. Well, Chivas, Leon, Atletico, San Luis, Quetaro, Pachuca, and Mazatlan all have one point, while Atlas, Santos, Laguna, and Nicaxa have no points. So that's where we stand right now. Top 12 advance to the next stage of the competition. Now, before we call it a an episode here um know that we will be playing close attention to Liga Mekis as the season evolves and as we get more storylines and we and the teams start to separate and I will also be covering Australia's playoff series so there will be updates from Australia from now until the grand final finishes I believe at the end of this month we will crown a champion in Australia match of the week this week was the FA Cup final from yesterday I didn't touch on it yet that's because it's getting its own podcast that's right the debut coming in the coming days there will be a debut of the series that I always intended for the spinoff it is the PTB match of the week and it will be coming to you in the next couple of days so stay tuned to this space looking for my review of the FA Cup final between Arsenal and Chelsea and I can announce that the next match of the week, which I'll also announce on the Match of the Week podcast, will be this coming Tuesday's EFL promotion playoff final. Of course, it's a West London derby. It's an all London affair. It is Fulham and Brentford at Wembley for a spot in the Champions League. Leo and I talked about it earlier in the Sportsbook segment. That's going to be it for Episode 6 of Parking the bus in this action pack hour has flown by, and I will be right back here next week to do it all over again. I hope you enjoy your football this week. I hope your teams succeed. Most of all, I hope everybody's staying safe, and I hope everything is going well for everybody out there, wherever you are listening. 
This is the Mr. Mike Agostinho signing off for the PTB Podcast Network. This is the Parking the Bus Soccer Podcast. Have a great week, everybody. has been a production of the PTB Soccer Network. For more information, you can go to our Instagram page at PTB Soccer or visit us at www.anchor.fm forward slash PTB Soccer, the Parking the Bus Soccer Podcast Network. (laughs) 